Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. Joining me as always is my co-host Robert Zirk. Today on River City 360, we'll learn more about Fast Pitch, a community competition that's shining a spotlight on local charities in our city. Then we'll find out more about an organization that's working to welcome newcomer families from Sierra Leone, as well as provide educational opportunities for children. We'll also speak with Samantha Sampson, a creative communications journalism major at Red River College, and she'll tell us all about a new six-part video series about alternative medicine in Winnipeg. And finally, we'll have the latest stories from citizen reporters at Community News Commons, Winnipeg's citizen journalism website. All this, some great music, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Hello and good morning, Nolan and Robert with you this fine Sunday morning from the corner of Portage and Maine. It's a beautiful morning. It's nice how the sun's actually rising and staying out a lot longer than it used to. Hey, Robert? I know. It feels a lot different when I uh, leave work at the end of the day to actually see the sun out. See the sun. It's beautiful. And it seems like the weather can't really decide what we're supposed to yeah. have, whether we're supposed to well, it was have pl- a blizzard or... Plus three earlier this week and then froze again, so icy conditions out. It's classic Winnipeg winter, I think. Par for the course yep. here, nonetheless. So earlier this week, Robert, you and I went to the first event for Fast Pitch, uh, which is a great new community competition among charities in our city. Uh, participants and volunteer coaches from the business and professional communities met for the very first time and kind of did a little speed dating round to to get to know each other and to find out who uh, they would want to work with. And uh, we'll talk to a few of them about their initial experience and why they chose to get involved. But before we get to that, let's start the show off with a song. So figured seeing as how the charitable sector leaders and the volunteer coaches were meeting one another for the first time, thought we'd play Meet Mr. Callahan by Les Paul right here on River City 360. Thank you. 
Welcome back to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, we both of us attended the first Fast Pitch event on Thursday evening, which brought the volunteer coaches and charitable sector leaders together for the very first time. Uh, we spoke with sub- several of the participants, including Hope McIntyre, Artistic Director of Sarasvati Productions, who sees Fast Pitch as an opportunity to communicate her organization's message to a wider audience. As an arts company, you know, we're well known and we're able to talk the language of art and theater, but communicating with and reaching out to the business community and the wider public is something we really want to do, and that's why I think this appealed to us. It'll help us develop that language and that capacity. Getting to meet with professionals from a variety of sectors was a valuable experience from Jamil Mahmood, Executive Director of the Spence Neighborhood Association. I would never interact with uh, these coaches in my day-to-day work, so it's really nice to see that. It's great to see people that want to use their skills in a way that helps us advance our agencies. That's really important, and, and there's not really a venue to do that anywhere else. RC360 also spoke with some of the coaches as well. Justin Phillips, president of Sycamore Energy, has taken part in mentorship programs in the past, both as a mentor and as a mentee. He's also pitched on Dragon's Den and saw Fast Pitch as a chance to share his experience with the nonprofit sector. The, the fundamentals behind pitching, whether it be on Dragon's Den or whether it be in a boardroom, are, are the same. Dragon's Den is, is exaggerated a little bit on television because it's television. But again, the fundamentals are the same, and it's a great experience. So hopefully I can bring that to the table and share my story with the presenters and help them drill down and really focus their pitch on the specifics so they can be successful. For Dan Yerkew, corporate planner at Manitoba Hydro, the sort of speed dating style format of the fast pitch orientation night was a great way to learn more about a wide range of local charities. It's good. It's eye-opening, kind of exposing myself to a lot of different organizations that uh, some I knew, some I thought I knew, but they, you know, there's another side to them that I learned tonight, and then there's ones that are completely brand new to me and know a little bit more about them tonight thanks to this event. When we come back, we'll hear from Jennifer Partridge, Strategic Projects Associate at the Winnipeg Foundation, and she'll tell us about the Fast Pitch event and how the community competition will unfold over the next few months. You are listening to River City 360. Welcome back to River City 360. Robert and Nolan here on location. We are at the Planet in downtown Winnipeg, and I'm here with Jennifer Partridge. She is the Strategic Projects Associate at the Winnipeg Foundation and the coordinator of the event that we are at right now, Fast Pitch. Jen, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Robert. So, first of all, describe what's going on around us right now. It's uh, There's a lot of energy in the room. 
Tell us a little bit more about this first event for Fast Pitch. We've got 18 organizations from all sectors of, of the community. We've got people here representing health and arts and culture and community service and the environment. And they're meeting um, people from the business community for the first time. And it's an opportunity for them to share in three minutes or less what it is they do and the impact that they're making and the solutions that they're solving to, to great need and, and demand. And it's a wonderful experience for everybody. Why was it important for the Winnipeg Foundation to establish and promote Fast Pitch? And how does it kind of fit into the various leadership initiatives that the foundation has? One of the things, as you know, we're, we're um, a large grant maker. We've been providing support to many of these organizations for our last 95 years in the way of grant monies. But what this does is it'll, it gives the charitable organizations access to people's time. People want to volunteer. And it, so not just the treasure, it gives them access to their time but it gives them access to talent. So we're really looking at how can we tap into philanthropy in a broader way. People envision giving in a number of ways. They, they think of giving their time, they think of giving their talent and their treasure, and this really ties it all together and, and gives people a space to do that. We've had a couple of intermissions so far and we're just about finishing up the night here. What are some of the reactions that you've heard from coaches and organizations? What are their thoughts on the whole process? Well, to quote one of the coaches, I heard, this is the most nerve-wracking, exhilarating, fun thing I've done in a long time. Or, this is super cool and wonderful. It's great to meet everybody. The spirit is really genuine and fun, and they're having a great time. What comes next for Fast Pitch? So we start off with this event. How does the program and the competition progress from here? Well, the next step is um, the presenters are going to spend a day with Avnish Mita of Standing Command. They're going to spend a whole day learning from him the ins and outs of crafting a compelling story, um, how to present, what, what they need to do, and, and that's going to be a fantastic professional development opportunity. The following day, they're going to meet with their coaches, and Avanish will walk the coaches and, and the presenters together on what makes a great coaching-presenter relationship, how the coaches can support the, the presenter. So that'll be a, a great skill building opportunity for both sides. After that, we're gonna have two sessions, two coaching sessions where they'll get together and the presenters will work on their pitches and be judged by the different coaches and really be able to hone what it is that they're trying to do and say. And all of that culminates into a final showcase event at the Met, April 7th. Very cool. And we'll, of course, be covering that every step of the way. And how, uh, if people want to learn more about Fast Pitch or the upcoming events, how can they get more information? They can visit fastpitchwinnipeg.org, or they are certainly welcome to give me a call at the Winnipeg Foundation, and I'd be happy to answer any questions they have. Perfect. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. Thank you, Robert. Coming up after the break, we'll learn more about Sierra Leone Refugee Resettlement, an organization that's working to welcome newcomer families to our community from Sierra Leone. But first, here's Dean Martin with Welcome to My Heart, right here on River City 360. Welcome to my heart, where have you been? Welcome to my world. Please walk, walk 
right in Welcome to my days They'll all be sunny now Every doubt and fear will disappear Somehow Welcome to my arms open wide Step into my heart Is warm inside Everything I ever wanted Just came true Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you today. And we are now joined in studio by Karen Coroma. She's the Secretary, Treasurer, and Program Director of the Sierra Leone Refugee Resettlement Incorporated, which was initially established to help refugees from war-torn Sierra Leone, West Africa, resettle and integrate into Canada. Thank you for joining us, Karen. Thank you for having me. So first question for our, our listeners who haven't heard of you. What exactly does the SLRR do? Well, SLR Inc., as we like to uh, call ourselves, does a number of things. Uh, We started off with uh, bringing in refugees from Sierra Leone, which is where my husband is from. And so we initially sponsored roughly about 300 refugees. And since then, we've been busy with uh, a lot of their resettlement issues, uh, starting off with things like arranging for housing, all those initial issues, and soon discovered that there was a a lack of education in terms of for the children. They'd either had no schooling at all or interrupted schooling would be more what they'd had. And therefore, we're falling through the cracks in our school system here, which was not prepared for this influx of, of refugee children. And from there, we started our summer learning program in 2007. From there, we've proceeded to have an after-school program, which started this uh, last October in 2015. Why is it so important uh, to really focus on education for, for kids moving in and integrating into our, uh, into our communities? Education is the future for our children. And as we like to quote Nelson Mandela, education is the most powerful weapon with which to change the world. And that's what it is for our children. They're going to be our future, and we need to help them to get the best start they can. And especially those that have already come as older students, 
they really face challenges and to keep them occupied throughout the year so that there's no drop in their academics but also especially for the older ones to keep them out of gangs and so forth which are a big issue for many of them because they are prime targets. I imagine it's probably fairly difficult coming to a new country where you don't know the language. Uh, What are some of the uh, maybe success stories that you've seen with kids or families um, that have gone through the programs and and sort of come out the other side? We've had several success stories over the years now. Some of the students that came were quite young, so they've been through our program for, you know, we've been in, in operation now for nine years with the summer program. Last year, we had six or seven girls that graduated not only from our program, but from high school, and have all gone on to further education uh, in quite uh, a vast range of career plans, and some of them uh, going into things like psychology, creative arts, and and communications, graphic arts, and that sort of thing, so they're... They're really moving on. We've had some boys as well, but that was quite a success story to have six girls being able to to move forward. Uh, So tell us a little bit about uh, the NYESS Coalition, or the Newcomer Youth Educational Support Services Coalition. NYESS is a coalition of four groups. There's three other groups that do similar work to us. We are a founding member, and along with uh, Congo Canada Charity Foundation, which is predominantly a French group, and then we have the Eertrine community of Winnipeg, and our newest member is Emmanuel Mission, uh, which is the South Sudanese Students Learning Together program that they have. And they all do summer programming, they all do after-school programming. Collectively, we work with probably a minimum of about 300 newcomer and refugee students throughout the year. How important is it for this level of collaboration? I understand there's 2,000 new refugees coming in um, from Syria alone, and you're, you're going to play a little part in helping those out. Tell our listeners a little bit about that and how important the collaboration is with all different organizations within our city and province. Uh, we have a much stronger voice when we all work together, and the task is huge, so if we're working together, it really does help each of us to reach a number of of students and and their families because we reach into the families as well because a lot of our students are from single parent families so summertime you know if their mom and or dad whoever it then is is working or and maybe going to school possibly both child care then becomes a problem so if they're in a program the parents feel safe that their children are in a culturally sensitive location they're being fed because we we do provide them with uh, breakfast and lunch and and snacks and so forth so they know their child is taken care of so that really does help the family as a whole for any of our listeners who are kind of unsure about the current status of refugees what would you tell them having dealt with this for such a long time and kind of maybe just speak to it's kind of a crazy time for Canada and for Manitoba to take in all these unknowns and we kind of don't really know what's going to happen. But can you speak a little bit about how important it is to to, to sort of open our borders and open our arms to these people who really need a place to live? Mm -hmm. It's a great opportunity for us. In the years that we've been at this now, about 15 years working with refugees and newcomers, and every day you learn something new when you open up yourself and you open up your, your life to someone that comes from a different culture, that comes from a different religion, that comes from a different area of the world than you are. Uh, your world just gets richer by including them in, into your life and broadening your own perspective, and, and you get to see the difference, what, what just a small thing can do. We see it in the kids particularly, 
investing a small amount of time and money in a child can change their life forever. And they, in turn, change our world forever. Thank you very much, Karen, for taking the time to sit with us today and and tell your story and tell the story of the Sierra Leone Refugee Resettlement, Inc. Thank you very much for the opportunity. If you'd like to learn more about the Sierra Leone Refugee Resettlement, you can contact them at slrrinc at live.com. That's S-L-R-R-I-N-C at live.com. Thanks, Nolan. Coming up after the break, we'll speak with Samantha Sampson, a creative communications journalism major at Red River College, and she'll tell us all about her new video series that launched a couple days ago on Community News Commons that's all about the alternative medicine community in Winnipeg. But first, here's Dr. Jazz by Gregory Hines right here on River City 360. Listen, people, here comes Dr. Jazz. He's got glory all around him. Yes, he has. When the world goes wrong, you've got the blues. He's the man what makes you get out both your dancing shoes. Yes, he has. Ain't no medicine on the map can make you feel good like the doctor can. Only name that you need to know. World's greatest one-man show. Even the devil, whoever he was, couldn't play jazz the way Jelly does. Ripping through you, right down to your soul. So spread the word wherever you may go. You've seen the light tonight, now you know. Blaze his name across the sky, flaming letters ten feet high. J.R. Morgan, Dr. Jazz. Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning, and we're joined by a very special guest, uh, Samantha Sampson. She's a second-year journalism student at Red River College. Uh, Sam, thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. So we're here to talk about a new video series that you are launching, or I guess just launched uh, this Friday. Uh, Tell our listeners a little bit about uh, what this video series is hoping to uh, cover. It's called Meta Medicine. And it's all about alternative healing here in Winnipeg. So it covers everything from the growth of the community. That's what we go through in the first episode. And uh, it covers credentials. How do you know if someone's really a Reiki master? Um, Pricing. um, Covers a a little bit into the legalities of if you're a doctor or if you're actually considered one or not. 
And uh, it was really fun to make it. And I really hope people just realize that there's something else out there. Right. Uh, what what motivated this? Like you, we were talking a little bit before you, you said just sort of an, an alternative to, you know, taking pills or, or the pharmaceutical obsession maybe that society is kind of going through right now. But what motivated uh, wanting to really focus on holistic medicine? Well, firstly, I, I love health reporting. Um, I love looking into that side of things. But then my my family, you know, we've had some mental health issues and some of us were taking um, pharmaceuticals, like you were saying. And I just thought there has to be something else. There has to be something else to it. And my mom works in healthcare, And um, so I know that side of it. And I was like, there's more, though, because my best friend's mom, uh, when I was 10 years old, she introduced me to Reiki. Um, okay, and what's Reiki for those Reiki, that don't know what it is? Thank you. Reiki is energy healing. So you're really using um, the vibrations and it's very spiritual. It's very calming or it's supposed to be anyway. Um, and it's it's soothing, I would say. Okay. Yeah. And so my best friend's mom is a Reiki practitioner and I never practiced it, but I always knew it existed. You knew what it was? Yeah. yeah. So and and how do they how do you how do you figure out if it's for those of us that are a little bit cynical about something like this like energy and healing how how do you know it's working how do you understand that when when something kind of is helping and it's not just a placebo effect that is exactly the question i pose to a lot of practitioners and one of the one of the themes i got from them is you know you ha- you you have to want it to work which is a little it's it's a it's a weird answer i think but it's what people were saying you know if you believe it works then it works is that where faith comes in like is this a spiritual thing like almost religious in a sense or is it more kind of walking the line between religion and 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 health it's right in between there i think yeah you have to be very conscious conscience conscious conscious (laughs) of of yourself and of your body i wouldn't say it's a religion um just spiritual Yes. Okay. Interesting. What's the What's the most interesting thing you found in in your research and in your uh, interviews? There is so much here in Winnipeg. It's, really, it's thriving. And when I started this project, I started it in March of 2015. Okay. So that's when I pitched it to uh, my instructors, and I really started looking into it. And in Canada not even just Winnipeg, but in Canada, there are associations. So there's a reflexology association, an energy healing association, naturopathic associations. And These are official, like... Big well, there are associations. Okay. I, some of them aren't legal. Some of them are. And I do have an episode going through, um, you know, how you, how you know when there's credentials. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, so do you think this is just like these this movement that sprung up, do you think it's just because people are frustrated with the current state of affairs when it comes to the health care system? Or why, why all of a sudden is there this movement for people wanting to sort of either try new things or revert to old ways of, of healing? Yeah, I think you said it too there. I mean, it's, it's old. It's ancient, a lot of it. And so, you know, sometimes you just hear you hear a lot of stories about wait times in emergency rooms or this is wrong with the healthcare, and that might just be a media reflection and myself going into the media i just wanted to know um what other side there was to it and i do think that part of it is they're looking for more people want to really realize that it's a holistic sense Mm -hmm. of wellness not just health it's wellness and maybe more in on the side of prevention than just reacting to when you have ailments exactly yeah 
did you interview people who actually went through some of these um, different practices and stuff? And what was their reaction? And were, were people really proponents of this? And, and, and what did they tell you about how they felt when they went through these uh, different things? I went to, in October, I went to uh, an expo, a crystal healing expo. And I talked to a lot of people there. In Winnipeg? In Winnipeg. Okay. It was um, in the Transcona Cadan Inns. Okay. And I went to that. That's in the first episode. Cool. And a lot of people have told me mental health issues. That's one of the reasons why they got into it. And one woman said, it saved my life. Really? It completely saved my life. And whether or not the physical aspects of it are true or if it's a placebo effect, I don't really get into that. This is more just like, this is people's experiences. This right. is real. This is happening. If it works for someone, then who is someone to say that it's not real? When it is clearly there's evidence someone says it saved my life. Right. That's very interesting. Um, what do you hope people uh, are going to take away from after they watch all six of your uh, of your episodes? I just really want people to realize there's more out there and not to be so quick to judge mm -hmm. because people of all walks of life, as cliche as that sounds, do use alternative therapies. And alternative therapies is everything from yoga, practicing yoga every Friday, or doing Reiki with your mom or your pets. Really? Yes. How does that work? Oh, check out episode three. Okay, I can't wait. Yeah. That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. And what, what did you... What did you take away from this? What did you learn going in that maybe you didn't expect to learn? I learned that spirituality looks different for everybody. Hmm. And spirituality does not necessarily mean religion. As I said before, you don't have to believe in a God. You don't have to believe in a deity. You can be aware of yourself and you can share that with other people too. There's a, there's a place called the Sanctuary in, uh, in St. Norbert and it's a community. It's a very tight-knit community, and it's vulnerable. You really let yourself go, and you, you welcome people in the space around you. And I think what I learned from that is that's what wellness is supposed to be, is you're supposed to make these connections with people because it's a social aspect, okay. and you feel better as well. So where can our listeners go and find episode one and uh, all the rest of the episodes? We are on, well, I'm on Community News Commons okay. and the series again, it's called Meta Medicine, Exploring Winnipeg's Healing Community. And every Friday, every Friday, it'll be up. Why did you choose Community News Commons to, as part of your publishing uh, idea? Um, it's a trustworthy website because it's not coming from a big media angle this is a fresh i'm a fresh reporter you know i'm graduating in june and this is just like the tagline says it's just exploring it so nothing there's nothing against big media but i think this way it's a little more digestible people can really take it for what it is right just a citizen journalist kind of uh, doing her thing exactly so what's next for uh samantha sampson after this after you uh Hopefully don't pull out all your hair from editing and <laughs> all, the, all the work that goes into a yeah. six-part series. Yeah, it's funny. I always say, you know, this is a series about wellness, but it's stressing me out. Oh, it's stressing me out. It's been great, though. I, like I said, I'm graduating in June. and um, You can I, see the light at the end of the tunnel, hopefully. Oh, it's there. Yeah. It's shining. Good. Uh, I really hope to travel and do more health reporting. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming in. Samantha Sampson is a second-year journalism student at Red River College. Thanks for talking to us today. Thanks so much. Thanks, Nolan. Coming up after the break, Noah Ehrenberg of Community News Commons joins us in studio to tell us all about this week in citizen journalism. 
But first, here's the typewriter song by Leroy Anderson right here on River City 360. Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning. And we're now joined in studio by Noah Ehrenberg. He's the convener of Community News Commons and uh, this the convener of the Citizen Journalism Project in Winnipeg. Noah, thanks for joining us. Thank you for uh, having me. Anytime. So... I understand this week has been a, a uh, explosion of women on CNC writing for you. Uh, tell, tell me a little bit about that. Well, of course, we celebrated the 100th anniversary of Winnipeg right. or Manitoba women getting the vote. Uh, last year, our whole episode was devoted to, uh, to last the, week to the centennial. Yeah, last week, geez. <laughs> last week, our whole episode was uh, dedicated to the centennial, 100 years of women, uh, white women specifically, yes. uh, in, in Manitoba finally getting the vote. So uh, there yeah. were some citizen journalism, ger- journalists that... Uh, that well, we certainly covered that story right. as well. Uh, there was uh, a few other stories that uh, had to do with uh, with women. And um, one series in particular, it's a two-part series done by Samantha Sampson. And, we um, heard her interview earlier. She was in the studio earlier in this episode. That's right. She has a series. Uh, well, that's a series on uh, alternative health therapies yeah. that started. So on this is a different Friday. series. She must be a busy. She journalist. is. She's very busy citizen journalist. And Samantha wrote a two-part series uh, for Community News Commons this week. That's called the Winnipeg Equation. And essentially, what uh, Samantha's trying to figure out is why the gender gap is so large in Winnipeg. In other words, uh, why do uh, women who are working in uh, Winnipeg pig. Um, get paid considerably less than uh, their male counterparts oh. in uh, similar professions. And um, I've heard she, that the seventy-eight cents per hundred or per hundred cents for men versus women is that the the metric she uses? Y- yeah, Something exactly. Around there? Yeah, and 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 the the problem is that. Um, it's 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 a bit worse here on the prairies, and in particular here in Winnipeg. Uh, at least um, it's worse here than it is in other parts of Canada. Oh. And uh, you know, she she goes into you know looking at why uh, women sort of simply try harder or put themselves out. Um, you know, in the professional world, more um, huh. y- y- you know that that they that they're that they're trying to. Um, 
be more productive for less pay because they're constantly having to prove themselves worthy of that uh, type of uh, work. And, um, huh. you know, the idea is that this has to change uh, at all levels. And so she really explores this subject uh, in great detail. And I think that that's um, uh, a really good series that our listeners would um, would like to take a look at because it, it really explores an issue that is of great concern, not yeah. just to women, but to men. I mean, I want uh, I mean, men should want women to be paid uh, equally for the work that they do Absolutely. because, after all, they do... Uh, half the work in this world. Yeah, exactly. If not more. So what else is happening on CNC this week? Well, another story about women had, uh, came from um, a, um, a South Sudanese refugee named Agu Anyath Kur, and uh, he wrote a very interesting story about um, Rebecca Deng. And oh, yeah. um, you know Rebecca. She has... She's um, been on the show before. That's She's a, a refugee from uh, South Sudan who is starting the Winnipeg Women's Resource Center in Bor, which uh, is trying to help people, uh, and women in particular, um, in Bor, South Sudan. Uh, they've been suffering uh, from uh, war yeah. uh, for the last number of years. And so that's a really uh, a very inspiring story that uh, I think our listeners, it's called Out of Grief Comes Hope. So mm. I think our listeners would really be uh, interested in that. That's and, great. And uh, one other story that, um, that I thought was really good that got a lot of play is called The Different Kind of Classroom by Carolyn Townend. And uh, Carolyn writes about uh, a classroom in um, Cross Lake, Manitoba at the uh, Mikusu School. Uh, while most students are kind of spending a lot of their time indoors, this classroom is outdoors. And it really uh, takes students out to, um, uh, to show them the skills and the knowledge that have been passed on from generation to generation. Like survival to, skills? Or well, like? survival skills, but, you know, mostly, you know, how to... How to um, hunt a moose, how to skin a moose, oh, how, wow. to, how to prepare, um, you know, a feast, how to, uh, basically how, to, uh, how to do a number of different things that, that people don't do anymore because yeah. they end up inside and not outside. Cool. And, um, it's, a it's a really interesting piece that I think our listeners would, uh, would be uh, interested in reading. It's called a different kind of classroom that's on communitynewscommons.org. So if some of our listeners have a story that they think would be valuable to tell, how do they get involved with CNC? It's really simple. Just go to community newscommons.org and uh, or for short it would be cncwpg.org okay. so just go online and you'll see the, the website and you can click on become a citizen reporter there's a little button at the top right hand corner you can also click on the register button they both take you to and the same place anyone can do this? anyone the project is open to anyone and everyone in town you don't have to be a writer uh, you don't have to be a journalist, but uh, what I do is I offer you some free editorial help in terms of how to tell your story. And so if you have a story to tell from your community that, you're care- that you care about, uh, you've got some photos or some audio or some video because it's a multimedia site, uh, this, is, um, this is really uh, uh, the way to, to do it. You just go to the site, register, and then uh, my contact details are on there, and they Great. can just call me and, uh, if they have any questions. Well, my motto has always been everyone has a story. So even oh, yeah. if you don't think you do, you do. Absolutely. You have something to tell. So uh, sign up at cncwpg.org. Mm-hmm. So last but not least, we like to ask you to bring us a local talent or some sort of new song that maybe our listeners haven't heard. Uh, what have you brought for us this week? Well, uh, this week um, I have a, uh, a group uh, called Courier News. Okay. Uh, basically, they uh, they were born over coffee uh, oh, yeah. and a curiosity for new songwriting partners. Um, it's a collaboration between uh, Juno Award winner Alexa Dirks, who is from Sheikamin, and Western Canadian Music Award winner Matt Schellingberg. Uh, uh, who is from the Liptonians and Royal Canoe. Oh, yeah. So um, these two have come together 
um, to create some beautiful music. And um, they have written some terrific songs. Uh, they are uh, in and around town uh, quite a bit uh, playing their stuff. So um, uh, they were this just this weekend um, playing at a, uh, the Indie uh, Festival oh, yeah. that was happening this weekend. But you certainly can uh, see them coming up at a number of different venues uh, in Winnipeg and also when they uh, tour around. Great. So I thought I would um, uh, offer up this uh, song uh, from uh, their album called Playing in Our Adult Clothes is the name of their album. This is Courier News with their tune I Knew on River City 360 CJNU 93.7 FM. I don't want to seize Remember that spark we had Oh, it burned, it burned so bad But that's just you and me With two kids climbing up trees I knew We too Could never be free But maybe that's just me I'll say I never regret it Tippy-toe Round places we used to go Don't wanna linger by the phone Drive slow past your family's home I'd prefer to just forget Stop meeting people we had met I give back all your old cassettes What's left? What's left? I That's a wrap for this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you very, very much for listening. If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes. Or if you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, please visit our website. The address is rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with Community News Commons and CJNU 93.7 FM. And we'd love to hear your feedback. Please give us a call. Our number is 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can leave us a comment about the show, request a song, or suggest a topic for a future show. So again, give us a call on our listener line 24-7. Our number is 204-944-9474, and that's extension 360. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching at RiverCity360 on Twitter and RiverCity360 on Facebook as well. 
I'm Nolan Bicknell signing off for River City 360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and be sure to tune in next week, same time, 8.15, Sunday morning, for more views and news from around Winnipeg. Have a great Sunday.